Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So stay with us as right now we present... For some reason, my, uh, um, anyway, if you can hear me, then we're doing well. <laughs> so yeah. my, uh, um, computer is, is t- taking a vacation, I think, but it's being annoying. Yeah, we'll be all right. Astro Warren is our Hi. guest today. Thank you for having me. Astro, oh, you're, oh, you're so welcome. You are, um, first of all, we, you and I have a mutual friend. We do. And yeah. Yes, we we do. She's a young uh, um, author, author herself, Shanti. Shanti, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Now, do you guys go to the same school? Yeah, we do. We do. Well, that's 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 cool. And uh, yeah, she's amazing. Yes, she, yes, she is. I'm trying to figure out why my my, my headset isn't working. Um, no, I guess it is. Okay. never mind. Um, so anyway, we're, we're here to talk to you about your writing and who you are and what you're doing and you're a podcaster and you're doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I am. It's, it's a lot going on at once. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) So, So, uh, what got you into writing? So I don't exactly know what got me into writing. All I, I, all I remember is that like I used to just like draw little comics when I was younger, like like probably like three, four, like little horror comics because I, I was always obsessed with horror because my dad showed me A Nightmare on Elm Street when I was three, which I should not have seen. And then when I was – because of all my little comic stuff when I was seven, I went to some little summer program where we would like handwrite a short story and then they would publish it to the Library of Congress. And after that, I would start taking – like writing classes in school and then I just got more into it. My stories got longer and then eventually it led to my first published novel. Which was? Maniacal, which released ah. March of this year. Yeah. So you've done, you did one in March and yes, you. One in May. One in May as well. Now, yeah. are you, are you self-published or do you have a publisher? No, I'm, I, I self-publish. Oh, very yeah. good. So who does your illustrations? I like my cover design. So for my first novel, I just found someone on Fiverr because I always like supporting people. So I go to Fiverr for freelance art. But for my second novel, one of my friends really wanted to do it. And he was an artist. So I let him do my art for me. Oh, cool. And that one came out well. And the name of the second book is? The second book is The Trees Are Breathing. And we were talking a little bit beforehand. And what you're finding is the first book was well received. The second book was better received. First one was okay received, not amazing, not bad. Uh, well, but there's a reason for that. So, what was the reason for that? Well, I when I announced my first book, it was probably like mid 2022, and I so at my school I had people could pre order and then I'd give them the book and like the book in person and I would like write their name down. And I, the editing process took so long just from a bunch of complications so that eventually I was like, okay, screw it. And I published it even with some mistakes, uh, just to like get it out there. Cause I was like, it was, everything was so stressful. I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I hit publish. So it's out there with all, with like a bunch of mistakes. So half the people reviewed it and were like, okay, I can see this is a young kid who published this book with all his mistakes. I can give him credit for that. Let's see what he has in the future. This isn't that bad. And I was like, okay, thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt. And the other half of the people were like, this is awful. 
but you can't really like take it personally, which I don't. I don't take it personally. If it's a bad review, it's a bad review. It's not for everyone. No. Well, yeah. it's, you, what's interesting is that, you know, there's lots of things that you, that you can be doing except for writing. And it's it, being, yeah. being that you are going to go into your junior year in high school and, yeah. and stuff. Is it just that you just love to write and you've got all these ideas in your head? Yeah, I love it. It's so fun because I always like telling stories. So I just like writing. It's something I love to do. And it's something that I, at least not to sound like hockey or anything, that I think I can do well. So I just love it. I do it every day, all the time. And and when, you, when you're writing, do you just uh, take a pad and paper and just think of no. things? Or... No, I always somehow have an idea in my head. So when I write, I I blast music from my speaker. I open my computer. I go to Google Docs. I go to a blank document and I just write. And sometimes it's just like something that I'll end up scrapping or sometimes it ends up being a book that's going to be published. So what is your process? Do, do you, um, there are people that do an outline and they make a three dimensional yeah. character and they do all of that. Yeah. What is your process? So I, I kind of do a little bit of everything as I, I talked about this in a previous interview, I have ADHD, which heavily like it shows in the way I write and the way I do things. Cause sometimes it's super organized. Sometimes it's all over the place. So for a book like the trees are breathing where I had, it follows only like two, pretty much two characters, the entire novel. I created them, their personalities, their background, and everything on an outline to make it like, like creating a person from scratch. I had to know everything about their lives. And then I did the same thing with the book. I created an outline, and then I wrote from there. And I did that with Maniacal too, but it was a lot more loose. And I did that with my third novel, which was even looser. And then the fourth one, which I'm writing now, there is no outline whatsoever. I'm just, I'm just doing it. <laughs> what's, what's the fourth one about? So I originally, my fourth novel was going to be a sequel to my third novel, which is called Remorse and Regret releases this Halloween. And it was going to be a sequel. And I cannot say what it's about because it would spoil the third one. But ah. I got 15,000 words in and then I scrapped it oh, because wow. I was like, I, there was just something about it that didn't seem like my style of writing, that there's something that didn't seem right. So I scrapped it and I sat down on my computer for like three hours just thinking of what I could do. I had all I had only had one thing in mind because it's something I wanted to do since I was a little kid was write something about zombies because who doesn't like zombies? And I was like, I have to make something more interesting than that. So I can't say anything about it yet because this is actually the first mention I've ever made of this book. Uh, so I can't really say anything about it. But all people get to know is that it's about zombies and it does connect to my previous novels as do my other three. They all have connections in some way. Very good. So, so what got you started uh, writing about zombies? No idea. I remember that like when I would write short stories, a lot of the time I would write short zombie stories uh, back in like middle school, eighth grade creative writing. And the we would always do like peer edits. And whenever people would review it, it was always my zombie stories that people liked. It was always those ones. And I'm a huge fan of the TV show Walking Dead and all that kind of stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go a different route and write something about zombies. But I obviously have to add a little twist in there to make it not just about that, which I'm doing. So 
but I'm still trying to kind of figure that out. Well, when you're writing about zombies, are these so you need to explain to see zombies when I was growing up were not a thing. Uh, if nobody, nobody really, you know, there was, there was the, um, what was it? The living dead, not um, a living dead. Yes. And yes. which is, goes back that far, but there really it's weren't very many zombies. So what, what, ha what makes somebody a zombie? How do you get to, how do you get to be a live person and then become a zombie? Are you bitten by a zombie? So in, in different like media, there's plenty of different ways, like in, in like The Walking Dead, I, I don't remember exactly how, but I remember Walking Dead, it's even if you just die, because I'm pretty sure there was something in the air. If you die, you become a zombie. There's certain things like the TV show, The Last of Us, there was something where something was wrong with a food source. And if you ate it, there was some sort of chemical that would turn you into a zombie and then it would be infect, you would get infected by biting. In mine, I'm going the chemical route rather than like the supernatural route. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out exactly a way to do it. I've kind of settled on something, which again, I can't really say, cause I haven't really, you know, talked about this book before, but at least in my universe, I'm going the like chemical artificial route rather than like, it just happens supernaturally. And so when you become a zombie, yes. what are you thinking about? I don't know. I want, I want my characters. I want. I want to change zombies a little bit than just like mindless, like in The Walking Dead. Because have you seen that TV show? Yes. Because in that show, they're not much of a threat, right? Like towards the end, they're not much of a threat. They're just kind of walking around little. So when I create, I, I'm still trying to figure it out because I'm not that far into this. So I'm still in the planning stage. When I think of zombie in this, obviously it's going to be like brain eating, crazy looking creature, creature, I guess. But I'm still kind of planning because I want to do something a little different than just the average, you know, brains, like <laughs> mumbling around. I'm eating brains today. Yeah. I want I want to make something more aggressive, you know, add stakes. Unlike the shuffling, I want to kind of go the World War Z route, which in that movie they run. Yeah. They're extremely flexible. They're smart. They know how to use tools and they run. That's what I want to do with this. And interesting. How, what got you started with, uh, was it watching these shows that got you started with uh, the horror genre? Yeah. So I got, like I said, in the beginning of this, I got started in the horror genre because my dad showed me a Nightmare on Elm Street when I was three. This was back in 2010. He showed me the reboot. And he also showed me Resident Evil. That's probably how I got into zombies. And I, I just kind of fell in love with it because I like being scared. I think it's fun, which... A lot of people I know hate it. They hate it so much. So I show them horror movies and it's just because horror movies don't scare me. It's always like funny to watch them be scared. So I think my love for horror just grew from that, watching that. And then as I got older, I watched more things. Was I allowed to? No, but I did. And I just slowly grew, like fell in love with the genre and all the subgenres of horror. Because I think it's I think it's just amazing. Now, did you ever uh, see the movie um, um, The Exorcist? Yes, I have. I saw it a long time ago. Did it scare you? It scared me. No. No. No? No. There are very... F I, I hate to sound like, I don't know, cocky again when I say this, but there are very few movies that have scared me. Maybe three. Ever. That is it. Did you see Jaws? Yes. Did you, did you go in the water after that? 
I already have thalassophobia, which is the fear of water. So I don't go in the water regardless. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, okay. that wasn't really a problem after watching Jaws. It was just kind of like, you know, sealing my already like beliefs of not wanting to go there. And so which, which is, are, give me a movie or two that have genuinely scared you. So there's a found footage movie. I think it came out in 2011 called Grave Encounters. It's about a group of people who like, you know, like cliche TV show where they like film themselves going to scary areas. But this, I don't know what it was about this movie, but I, I saw it when I was like 12 and it genuinely freaked me out because it seems so real. And then there's another movie called Terrified. It's a Spanish movie. And I think it's like a ghost movie. I don't even really remember. I haven't seen it in so long. But I remember that was the only movie ever that I've covered my eyes to, like in fear of a jump scare. No, and I saw that like two years ago. Oh wow. It's, it's uh I, I saw it on my birthday with all my friends in a mini theater, and all of us did not want to leave like eat, eat like leave a group outside of each other after that that night we were like we're sticking together we're not separating it was a- <laughs> have you seen the com- the uh commercial of late about about the i think it's a freddy Q- krueger uh character that is chasing these kids and they're gonna hide behind the chainsaws and that have you seen that commercial i don't think so no oh we, it's it's uh next next time it's on pay attention to yeah. it because it, it's kind of a takeoff of every horror movie that's ever been made the girls fall down yeah um, they, they hide on air the, yeah they hide behind the uh um the chainsaws they uh, are going to go into the woods and they don't get in the running car uh so anyway it's, it's just a silly silly little Bunch movie cliches yeah. yeah every everything about it yeah so so yeah. i imagine that you try and stay away from the uh, everything that has been done before and to come up with something new so i not in my first book maniacal i talked again i talked about this on a previous interview was that a slasher novel you literally it is impossible to not be cliche if it's a slasher if you look at every single slasher movie the only difference is creative kills but it always has to be a stumbly character like stuff like that. It always has to be like not going for like the clear escape. So my first novel is a cliche novel, which I did that on purpose because it's just, it's, it's a genre that people know and like, even if it's cliche, it's like a slasher. There's thousands of millions of people that love that. But then the rest why of my you, novels are not. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people like to be scared? I have no idea. Rush of dopamine, maybe, or just like a rush of, I don't know exactly. All I know is I love it. Like whenever there's a haunted house like nearby or even like Halloween Horror Nights in L.A., I always go to those. I love it. I don't know what it is about it. I just love it. Well, you know, it's some people just like to be uh, because there is a rush. There is a chemical oh, rush that goes 100 percent. Yeah, it's just a pure adrenaline. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So um, the slasher movies that you do, what was his uh, a weapon of choice? In which one in my book? Yeah, in in plenty. There were plenty. I got I got creative with some of these. The most creative weapon I think I chose was it's a CO two wasp. It's called like the wasp knife. It's a CO two knife. It's meant for underwater. I don't know why Siri is activated on my computer, but so what it is? It's a blade where you put a CO two cartridge in the handle 
and where like the point is there's a small hole it's like i said it's meant for like if you're underwater like fishing or something you like you could spray and like get like damaged animals away from you but if used on like a human injected it's a huge super fast compressed spray of air which causes an ex explosion and i Dude. use that and yeah I, there's one chapter where it's just a massacre and he uses that as his weapon of choice and and, and by the way when you, when you introduce uh uh bubbles into your into your bloodstream it can uh, that can kill you all by itself oh exactly 100 percent. yeah what because what got me into that weapon in the first place so i was scrolling through instagram and there's a video of some guy who was like i'm reviewing this knife and i was like okay what is this and he put it into a watermelon and he pressed the button and it's just it ex it just goes boom and i was like and i was writing a book at the time and i was trying to come up with some sort of weapon to use and i was like that's it i'm gonna use that so. and that's that is so interesting i i you know i saw jaws in the in a drive-in theater do you know what a drive-in theater is i know what a drive-in theater is yeah you're one of the rare ones because most people have never seen have you ever been to a drive-in theater i i haven't been to one i really want to i just don't know if there's any nearby but i that would be i've seen i've read about them a lot i've seen them in like movies i know what they are and i would i would totally go to one those seem awesome yeah yeah and they they're they're gone now because it uh they take up a lot of land and land values are, have gone up and and all that kind of similar stuff. nearby but we'll have like there'll be like there's like the, a town hall which is like a little creepy abandoned abandoned area near where i live and what they'll do is they'll have a huge projector and it's not exactly drive-in but people can just walk by and sit in like the this field area and just watch there that's the closest thing we have to it yeah yeah now in the drive-in theaters they there was a uh, a speaker that you put on your window and and stuff so that so that you you could control the volume and stuff and for after cool. after that there was one that you hooked to your antenna and then that's really you, cool yeah and then it would play through your sound system in your car that's cool yeah yeah so so anyway what are you gonna do with you <laughs> well first of all i gotta ask you you this is your fourth book coming up what do your parents think of the genre you're writing in and all of that stuff okay so my mom is like besides me the biggest horror fan i know so she loves it um my dad when i used to write short stories he was a little worried about me uh because he's not the biggest horror fan but he read my first book and did not like it because he was like eh, asher this is a oh this is this is this is interesting i'm uh, i'm a little worried and then he read my second novel where i made my dad the main character uh, and he, <laughs> it may have been a little, it may have been a little biased towards that, but, uh, my family members that didn't like the first one for how like grisly it was, even though the second one is like worse, like trauma wise, they loved it. They thought it was good. So they like it. They, they support me now. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. So are you. Do you like writing well enough? I mean, you're doing it at, a, at an awfully young age. Are you oh, yeah. planning on making a career at this? I mean, if I can, 100, 100%, that would be great. Uh, I I mean, like, there's things happening that, like, seven-year-old me writing my first thing would never imagine. Like, this. Me, even a year ago, there was 
not a shot I would ever think I would be being inter- I would be getting interviewed at all. Like this is crazy for me. Like it's absolutely insane. And like even next Saturday, I'm going to be attending. I have a booth at the San Diego Festival of Books. Uh, so I'll be signing books there, and that's also crazy. Like I didn't think I'd be able to do this stuff. So it's going well at such a young age that I think I'll be able to turn this into a career. I, I indeed. Who's your favorite horror writer? That this is going to sound really interesting. I don't read much, <laughs> but I don't read. But if I have to go horror author, this is one that like he's not necessarily scary, but just from like nostalgia factor. I don't know why Siri keeps on activating. Uh, for nostalgia factor, I got to give him as my favorite horror author. I got to go R.L. Stein. When I was R.L. Stein, he wrote the, oh, okay. the Goosebumps books. Because when I was in elementary school, the oh, I mean only books I would ever read was Goosebumps. Because there's hundreds of them, if not thousands, and each book is different. So they each have their own unique plot. So whenever it was like, okay, class reading time, uh, everyone would go pick up like fantasy or like romance, and I would be the only kid going to the horror section picking up a Goosebumps novel. But he's <laughs> so, he's my favorite horror author for sure. So so if you had a choice between Harry Potter or a horror book, you pick the horror book. Depends on the horror books. I do like Harry Potter. I'll say I do like Harry Potter, but it depends <laughs> on the horror book. Depends. Gotcha. Now, like I do like fantasy books, like Lord of the Rings, Hobbit. Love those. Too. Yeah, what'd you th- what'd you think of the movies when they came out? Have you seen them? I have, yeah. So I thought Lord of the Rings is probably one of the best trilogies ever, like movie wise. It's phenomenal. Hobbit's good too, but it's not as good. When it comes to the books, I liked Hobbit more than Lord of the Rings because it was obviously shorter and easier to understand. But I thought movies were fantastic. Yeah, so you could you could grow up and be. Uh, what do you, what about Stephen King? Do you ever? I have. I watched his movies and I read his books. I do think he's great. He would be second for horror author. He's ah. amazing. I read it when I was like eleven. Uh that was a wild book. <laughs> did you did you ever see the movie Stand by Me? I was just about to say that's probably one of my favorite movies. Ah. Uh. Cause yeah, cause that was that's about a kid that got hit, hit gets hit by a train. It was based off and, the book The Body. Yeah. yeah, and so they spend the whole movie trying to find the body. Yeah, it was great. wasn't wasn't Shawshank also Stephen King or was that or was that Green Mile? One of them was. Um, uh, Green Mile. Green Mile. Okay. Yeah, which was uh, yeah, he's 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 prolific. He's done a, a a bunch of stuff. See, and you can do that too, cause like yeah. J.K. Rowling. Um, she found uh, um, Harry Potter, and she became really, really wealthy and well-known. Yeah. I've tried other genres. There was a book which I started writing, which was more of like an action novel, like revenge novel. And I was like 150 pages in, and then I was like, nah, and I just deleted it. <laughs> That's just how I am, though. I was like, I was like, there's certain rules I have. I don't like writing sequels, and I don't like going out. Like, I can... There's the two genres I really like diving into horror and drama uh-huh. and a mix of the two is my favorite. Like that's what I did with my third novel, remorse and regret. That novel is just pure sadness, but at the same time, it's the scariest novel I've written. 
Well, now, as you as you know, this is Positive Talk Radio. So, so, and you 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 write sad things, you write slasher things. Tell yeah. me something positive about your books. <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, this this is going to be a hard question here. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't like. I don't like happy endings. Well. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I don't, that's the thing is I always like shocking the reader with like setting up someone as like having a happy ending and they don't. So I don't know. Positive. Oh, okay. For the friendships I create in my books. I, the book that, this book, my second book, Chaser Breathing, this book right here. The friend, the dynamic between the two main characters, um, Adam and Richard, I'm just going to call him Dick. That's what he's said as in the novel adam and dick those two characters their relationship is just so amazing because they're they're just two lifelong friends and you can see it that's something super positive because they're really funny together uh they know how to solve problems together and they're just probably like my two favorite pair of characters i have ever written that i ever will they're just the best well, I'm not going to ask you if one or both of them gets yeah. slashed up and killed by the end of the book. So we'll leave yeah. that to the reader to to that can uh, be for them to decide. Yeah, that's up to you guys. You can read it. Ex exactly. Yeah. By the way, if you want to find out more about uh, Mr. Warren, you can go to WarrenCreations.com and you can find out all about him and his books and listen to his podcast, which, yeah. by the way, he's doing on an occasional basis. I oh, yeah. No, it's like every other month it's like not even yeah i'd recommend that you that you get on the schedule and you stay on the schedule and it'd be it's hard like, to i know well you've got we so try. many things you do exactly well we did a schedule we had it planned but then we would like tell our parents too, like listen we have a schedule and then out of nowhere his parents would book him a surprise vacation and then or he would like have something super important to do and then when he was like oh i'm ready to film now it would be the same thing but with me so yeah. it, like this whole summer, I was gone for three weeks traveling and then he's gone for like a week and a half traveling. So like, it's so hard. So I texted him and I was like, Hey dude, we got to film something. We got to do like a mega episode, like a really long one. Cause we've been gone for like, um, like two months. And he was like, yeah, you're right. But I'm not in town right now. <laughs> I was like, Come on, man. <laughs> so when school starts, I'll, I think I can find time to actually have a schedule this time. So when you're not writing, what are you doing with yourself? There's a lot. When I'm not writing, I a lot of emails, a lot of trying to book podcast interviews. But then a lot of the time, I just hang out with my friends or Shanti. So that's it. I yeah, hang out with now, them a lot. Shanti was telling me that she does, um, I forget what it is. It's a board uh, um, something or she does something outside. I, I'm not sure exactly what either. it is um but uh she hasn't so, talked to me about that yeah so are you do you do sports at all yeah uh i weight lift and then i box oh you're a boxer I, I, too yeah i haven't i i've been not doing it as much this summer because i ended my membership but then i went back because i hosted an exchange student for a week and i took him to the boxing gym to show him the bags so i i got a free lesson then and as i was hitting the bags some adult like some grown man thought that I was doing so well. He asked if I was a coach and asked for advice. And that was such an ego booster that I decided I'm going to go back. 
Because like I've boxed, I box on my own time. I've done it for a year and a half now. I wouldn't say I'm 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 not gonna say I'm amazing because boxing is so incredibly difficult, but I would say I'm not bad at this point. So I definitely want to go back. I have a story about boxing. Can I tell you? Of course, yes. Tell. Um this goes back in a ways when I was 19 in 1977. I, I saw the good. movie Rocky in the theater. It was the first the first run, and it was like dun, 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 dun. and so I thought that would be a really cool thing to do. So I went home, and there was a gym. It was a professional gym on Seventh and Union, and um, I hooked up with a trainer. His name was uh, Joe Toro, and he trained several um, heavyweights of note in the local area, including now this goes way back, so you won't remember, you won't know any of these names. But like okay. Boone Kirkman or Ibar Arrington or some of these local heavyweights and stuff that um, the only Boone Kirkman, his claim to fame was he got knocked out in the second round by George Foreman in Madison Square Garden. So that's that's like his his claim to fame. But anyway, yeah. so I started training there. And at that time, I was I was um, really very strong. And he, and he thought, and at that time also, uh, Marvin Hagler was the middleweight champion of the world. And he, he thought that I could become a boxer of note. And, and so I started training and, and then we went to Monroe reformatory, which is a prison to, because we would fight the inmates on, on in the AAU program. And, yeah. um, so and they said, "Oh, don't worry, we're going to match you up with a guy of equal ability." Well, when you're in prison, there's nothing else to do but train, and so and work out, yeah, and work out. And so uh, um, I did well the first round and uh, almost knocked him out, and mm -hmm. then came out the second round and 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 you'll appreciate. And I got it. If I give you one piece of boxing advice, yeah, when they say protect yourself at all times. They mean it. Never drop oh, your I know. hands. I know. Never I drop your hands. Ones. So I was against the ropes, and the referee stepped in to break us up. I dropped my hands. He hit me with a uh, right cross and knocked me out, and I fell and got up at the count of five, but my cheek was broken. Oh, yeah. And blood I, was everywhere and all that kind of fun. stuff. So that was, only, that was the end of my boxing career. Yeah. I've only been knocked out once, and it was not fun. And it was an illegal shot, too. <laughs> I was sparring. Uh, yeah, I was in a match with some guy. He was he was a lot younger than me, like a couple years, but he weighed a lot more. He was a lot bigger, and he had been going for a lot longer than I have. And he threw an overhand right, but he was a he was a southpaw, so he threw an overhand and he tripped. So all his body weight and and everything went to the back of my head. So I was just out. I got up a little, like, it was probably, like, still, like, a couple seconds later, but I was, like, I couldn't see straight, and they were, like, yeah, we should probably end this round, but he didn't win because it was an illegal shot, um, so I was talking to my coach, who was, he's an old Italian guy, and he, he was telling me what to do against a southpaw, so the next day, I'm fighting the same guy for, like, a rematch, and he throws a hook, I duck under, hit him with a liver shot, and then I came around with a hook to the jaw, he was out. He was out. He was just, he was, he was, he was just not there. And I was like, yeah, that's what you get, man. Don't hit me in the back of the head. And uh, <laughs> we're friends now. We're friends now. 
but we were definitely not back then. That, that's that's good. I, I see, I for one now, in my olden age, don't think that boxing should be allowed because all you're doing is trying to hurt somebody else. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it is until you are in the receiving end of that then it's not nearly as fun as it used to. no i would say it's not it's not yeah so yeah so when you when you got knocked out did you get a concussion at all no i didn't i i didn't get a concussion it wasn't like horrible because I, I i remember i just couldn't see straight and there i just stumbled out of the gym towards like the way back where there's like a the bathroom and i just like splashed water in my face and i was just like okay um and then the other time I can imagine is I was sparring with some guy and he was like, he's been training for years. So he wasn't allowed to hit me as hard. It was just like a practice match. And I wasn't really hitting. Cause this is like when I first started, like this was back, like a little over a year ago. And I was like, I I'm too afraid to hit. So the coach is just like, he's not going to hit you. And then he walks away. And one of the training coaches pushes the guy I'm fighting out of the way and says, like he's like he's like don't be a wimp and he just hits me square in the nose <laughs> throws me way back and my nose is like gushing blood and the the old coach like the actual guy turns around and is like what happened and he's like he fell <laughs> <laughs> and so i was like okay so i had to take a walk because again like i couldn't see straight and my nose i couldn't breathe out of it because it was all clogged up not fun. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. So I although you should write a book about boxing. I could. Boxing horror novel. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, it'd be it'd be like the boxing and the zombie thing. I I don't know. Some guy just boxes zombies. Yeah, and you know, well see look at it this way. It's kinda like uh um if you have a zombie and there are two zombies in there boxing and one gets hit in the head really hard, his head'll fall off. See, and that would, that would fit your genre. That would, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, no, so no, I, I could write a short story about that for fun, though. That, that would be fun, just for, like, myself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're doing this, and I'm glad you like writing the way that you do yeah. and, and uh, making it work. And, uh, by the way, again, if you go to uh, warrencreations.com, he's got um, – He's got a podcast. He's got books that you can. He's got short stories. Um, now, what is Puffy Productions? So, my best friend. This is my co-host. His name is Ethan Nickel. Uh, he, when he was a, when he was like a little kid, like probably like nine, ten years old, he had this YouTube channel called Puffy Puppets, where he would make little short films with puppets he had. Um, and then as he got older, he loved filmmaking. He's like obsessed with it. He likes making short films. He has one short film, which is not good. And I'm not saying he did bad. It's because I have directed it and I don't know what I'm doing. So that's kind of my fault. And the fact that the camera is so old, it glitched a lot. So he likes making short films. So he wanted to stick with the puffy name. So he has puffy productions. So that's the name he uses when he makes short films. And then I co-produce them, help with the budget, stuff like that. But that's just it. It's just literally my friend's short films. And what's cool is that he wants to go to film school. And if he does, when he's older, he wants to work with me with my books and his ability to film make, to make stuff oh, out of what a, I write. That's a marriage made in heaven. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you can, cause that's, that's how uh, Steven Spielberg got his first. He, he really? when he was a kid, 
he used to take his in those days it was a super eight camera yeah uh, i've seen that movie super eight yeah and now you everything's digital right you can you can no his camera's analog his camera's analog really he uses an old analog camera yeah oh wow wow well he likes likes old school does he does he do that because of the quality of the of the film he does it because of the quality, because of the, the granny way it looks. And at the same time, he just, I'm pretty sure he just prefers analog things. Ah. Like he, he loves old movies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when you describe an old movie, how old is old? I'm thinking like 30s. Oh, wow. Like like oh. Orson Welles, that kind of stuff. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's a, that's I, a like 80-year-old, like, 90-year-old movie. Like Citizen Kane, that kind of old stuff. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So, um, so tell me, uh, Shanti, Shanti and I talked about yeah. being a teenager and being bullied and all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh boy, Have you experienced that? <laughs> yes, that is. Oof. But it has so many plus sides, which I'll get to in a second. So, the fir- my first case of bullying when it came to my writing was, so I used to write short stories and publish them on Amazon, which I regret. They're so bad. But at the same time, I didn't know what I was doing. So my little cousin for his, I believe, seventh birthday, he was obsessed with a video game called Minecraft. Mm. So I was like, you know what? It's his birthday. I'm his older cousin. He looks up to me. He knows I write. So I decided to take it upon me to write him a short story about Minecraft and making him the main character uh, because I thought that would be a great gift. Only problem, the only way to get a physical copy with like a cover that looks good is if you do it through KDP. And the only problem with KDP is that once it's published, you can't take it down. Oh. So like you you can list it not for sale, but the second you go to my author profile, as if people they've noticed, you can see all my short stories, which are, you can't buy them anymore, but they're still there. And like the descriptions and everything. So in freshman year of high school, people somehow found that book, ordered a bunch of copies, and would pass it around school just talking crap about me. Because what they made it out to be was that I was like a video game fanfic writer, which that's whatever. So people would make fun of me. But this is where it gets good. They're buying copies. Money. <laughs> right? Yeah. And at the same time, if they're spreading it around the school, they're getting my name out for free. <laughs> so, like... I didn't mind, like at the same time, obviously, I I don't want to be with my friends eating lunch and have some little idiot come up to me and be like, Ern, is this your book? Like, that's annoying and I hate it. But at the same time, money. So, like, there were some people that didn't make fun of it and they just heard my name. So that when I published my first book, they already knew who I was. So I've gone through a lot of bullying and I still do. There's still people that are obviously like hate on it. But at the same time, like, I don't get why. Like there was a guy I saw who was bullying Shanti. I put an end to that. I had a little talk with him. And what he did was, I didn't hurt him. I swear. I swear. It was literally just a talk. I saw him out in public. I pulled him aside and I had a, I had a really nice talk. And this kid would constantly barge into her classes and scream, oh, it's that famous author, blah, blah, and just, like, annoy her in class. Which, like, I get. That's annoying. That's harassment. It's horrible. But at the same time, what are you making fun of her for? Like, being better than you? Like, I don't get it. 
Yeah. I don't understand. People have done that to me. They're like, oh, you, you're that author guy. Ha ha. I'm like, what are you laughing at? That I'm more popular than you? What are you doing, buddy? Like, at the same time, I just don't get it. Well, and your boxing training will come in handy. It has. At one point. It has. It has. <laughs> it very much did. Very much did freshman year. I'm not going to get into that, but it did. <laughs> well, you know, the thing, the thing is when, when, um, and it, this goes on, you know, even in, in adult, adult land as well, yeah. is that when, when people feel like you're, they're less than they want to bring you down to their level 100%. because it's, 100%, it's, yeah. it's the weirdest thing that when somebody, when you're doing something that is really good and really exciting and people like it, they have to tear you down because they ain't doing any of that. Yeah, exactly. And, They're uh, like, you, you can't be better than me. There's no way. And they get all they got all mad about it, and then they and, try to make you stoop down yeah, their level. And there's nothing you can do with those people. Just there's you not. just gotta let them be, or yeah. or you take them out back and and talk to them. Yeah. No, it was generally just a talk. I swear. I don't know how to word this. Like I didn't. I didn't fight the kid. I swear. I just talked to him. I just scared him a little. I just scared him a little. <laughs> well, but, see, the thing is, is that when you um have a boxing background and, and other people don't know how to fight um yeah. you it puts you in a different category and people yeah. don't want to people don't want to find out whether or not you're good at what you do or not yeah i had one of my one of my really close friends was like was like hey you box and i'm like yeah and he was like you're not any good and i was like do you want to see so i gave him a pair of gloves and i put on my gloves he was in fetal position within 10 seconds. So like, I'm not, again, I'm not saying I'm amazing at it, but the people I've been against just haven't in general, but it's so funny because my friends are like always like challenging me. And I'm like, don't for your sake. Don't <laughs> because I'll like have a photo of my friend. I was like, you see what happened to let, let's just make up a name. You'll see what happened to Joey over here. Do you really want that to happen? So then there's some of my friends who are bigger who could absolutely like beat the crap out of me. So, well, but you know, if you, if you know how to get out of a situation like that, if you can move and you can anticipate and stuff, then you can, you can, uh, uh, keep out of situations like that. And, yeah. uh, but, like, but congratulations. Exactly. You're yeah. sounds like you're doing a lot of good things. Yeah. Like if someone tries to start a fight, you never want to like accept it. You always want to get out of a fight. Like yes. if anyone has tried to start a fight with me every single time I have tried to squash that down and it has only been maybe one or two times where that hasn't been a choice. Like a lot of people think it's like a wimp move. It is totally okay to run away. If someone is trying to fight you, even if you know how to fight, it is okay to run away. And it's probably the smart option. Yeah. Because let's say you do get into a fight with a kid, even if he started it one wrong hit, one broken jaw or one, like mess up that you do to him could be a lawsuit for you. So you want to run away. Even if, like I said, even if you're trained, you do not want to get into fights. It is really not worth it. Well, no, that's the thing is that, that uh, and by the way, it's not you who gets sued. It's your parents. And, and exactly. because they've got, they've got the financial means. Um, yeah. And so that's what they're going to go after. So no, that's, that's a very bright attitude because yeah. it is not worth it. And by the way, you're 16 in a couple of years. Yeah. Well, even now at 16, under certain circumstances, you can get they tried can try as, an adult. as an adult. Yeah, they can try as an adult. It's just not worth it. I, I've known kids who have gotten into fights and they've gotten really, really bad. 
and now they're like literally locked up like it's not it's not worth it yeah it's it's and you know there there are things that people do in life that just astound me are you familiar with um january 6 was that the riot yeah that's the uh insurrection at the capitol yes i i remember that yeah my son had a best friend um and he was part of the proud boys and he and he was he was actually one of the leaders of the proud boys and so he was there on january 6th and he went into the capitol and he was recently convicted of seditious conspiracy and several other things he has a daughter who is young and a wife and now he's going to spend probably 20 years in prison some things just rethink what you're doing because it's not smart it's really not so and and you seem like you seem like a very down-to-earth very bright guy i i would love to have you and shanti to come on together and and yeah i did talk to her about that yeah i did talk to her about that she would she would do that too Oh, cool. That would that would be fun. Do you guys live fairly close to each other? Oh, yeah. We live like two miles apart. Oh, cool. cool. We see so, each other all the time, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that. But in the meantime, I want everybody to go to warrencreations.com so that you can uh, find out all about him and his books and uh, and buy his books, for heaven's sakes. And um, especially you've got, you had one come out in uh, June, one came out in May, and then you've got another one that's coming out very soon, right? Halloween. This Halloween. I'm sorry? This Halloween. It's my longest ah, well, death and scariest that book. That figures. Yet. A horror writer having a book come out on Halloween. That... I wanted it to release in October, and Halloween is the perfect day. Because that I... the editor is going to be done around beginning of October. I can get a cover done right around then. So it's literally perfect timing. cannot be better. And that's what you do if you want to market a book well. And, oh, yeah. and by the way, tell all the kids that hate on you that uh, to buy the book and, and read it, and then they can understand why you do what you do. The only thing that I don't like about that is that some people leave, like, troll reviews, which seriously screw me over. Like, for my oh. book, The Trees Are Breathing, for my book, The Trees Are Breathing, there it's, it's obviously it's a supernatural book about, like, I like folklore. I'm huge into that. So it's a horror book about a, a folklore creature. And someone gave my book a one-star review and said, not believable. It's a fiction novel. It's not supposed to be believable. It's fantasy. Exactly. So like that kind of stuff kind of like, you know, it kind of gets on my nerves. Like, listen, if you didn't like it, totally fine. Leave your honest feedback. If you thought, if you thought it deserved a one star, like you just didn't like it, totally okay. You can give it a one star. You can give your reasoning. I can I can see eye to eye with you on that. Like I'm not going to be mad. But if you just leave a one star just to like screw me over, that kind of pisses me off. Because like, why, right? Well, and there sadly there are people in the world today that will go to that extreme. Uh, most of the time, if you read a book, they, they probably didn't even read the book. Quite frankly, yeah. Uh, you know, but if you read the book and uh, you don't like it, well, you know, it wasn't your yeah. style, but you can appreciate the author, exactly. the, the hard work they put in on it, and you just let it be. The Gospel According to Paul McCartney, just let it be. And exactly. uh, But they, some people decide they don't want to do that because they want to be, excuse the expression, they want to be an asshole. They, no, they do. They do. They literally just feel like, I'm going to be a dick to this kid who's trying hard 
And they're like, let, how can I do this? Oh, yeah, let me not even read his book and give it one star. Like, I don't get it. It, it's, well, it's, it's annoying. It's just just remember, um, you just take care of yourself and everything else will come come in a positive way. And yeah. you just let those people go. Yeah. And it's, don't it, worry about them. Because yeah, exactly. like I agree. You just you just can't you just can't like let it sit with you. It's gonna well, one of my favorite sayings is it's none of my business what you think of me. My my favorite saying, which I use this every single day. Shanti hates that I use this saying. I, I always say it is what it is when something doesn't go my way because she's always like, why Why do you say that? You can change it. And I was like, no, nah, if there's something that's wrong and I can't fix it, it is what it is. I'm not going to stress about it. I'm not going to – it's like it's like the say la vie. It's life. Like I'm not going to stress about it. Like if someone gives me one star, I can't change that. It is what it is. I can't spend my day moping around and think, oh, they didn't like my book because I know that a lot of other people do. So you can't. Well, and, and at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own yeah. insecurities and and what's going on in their life. And you can actually just say, you know, I'm sorry that your life sucks. And or so it's you, just not their genre. They leave one star because it's not their genre and they just didn't like it. Like I said, I can respect someone for that. Yeah. If someone says leaves a one star review and gives fair criticism. That's perfect. Thank you for helping me with criticism. I can use that. <laughs> It's just the people that are like bad. Like, what's bad? Tell me what I can improve upon. That's what the whole rating system is for. Tell me how, how I can fix it. Don't just like, like, come on, man. They don't even know. Um, yeah. Most of the time, they they have no no constructive criticism. They don't even yeah. know. They just are like bad, very bad. So I've received constructive criticism, and it's been extremely helpful. Like. Like, like, I love that. Like, please tell me yeah. what I can do better. Don't just, you know, be annoying about it. Well, you know, you're a smart guy. And I think, I think you're going to do very, very well in our world. I hope so. I hope so. And I think you're going to be an author of note and uh, I'll have to keep up on and follow you along to what you're doing. Yeah. Cause this is really is cool what you're doing. So thank you. So congratulations. And, uh, um, by the way, we have been talking with Asher Warren. Go to his website again, which is warrencreations.com. And uh, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we run away, sir? Not really. Just uh, all the advice I've been giving or everything I've said, just please listen. Like, like even just like the fight thing. It has nothing to do with writing. Please listen, I promise you. <laughs> Things will go your way. Yes, indeed. And if you know, um, fighting is not all it's cracked up to be, and it's, it's it really be. not. It's not and that fun, guys. No, it hurts. Hitting someone hurts you. Like it hurts your knuckle. It's just not fun. It's not fun for anyone. Don't do it. Exactly. Well, now I will tell you that um, because I went to the, had the experience. The only time I've been in jail was when I had this experience boxing at the reformatory, which is a prison, is basically a prison. And yeah. you never want to, trust me, trust me. If you go to one of those places as a visitor, you will never, ever, ever want to be there as an inmate. Uh, it's dangerous. I've, I've seen, what is it, Beyond Scared Straight? Like, that stuff You've seen what now? It's a TV show where they it's where parents take their kids that are like doing awful stuff like selling oh, drugs yeah, yeah, yeah. Their parents and they make them experience what it's like that stuff 
I've yeah. seen that. It's like that's horrible. It's, it's, it, it, think about if it were to happen to you for real. Um, yeah. And you're they can't touch up, you. You're a kid. They can't hit you in that show. If you go there for real. Yep. All hands on deck. Yep. You don't. You certainly don't want to pick up a bar of soap. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a mistake. Yeah, so, yeah. Asher, thank you so much for coming on, yeah, and I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this interview, and uh, we'll 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 yeah. do this again. This is this Hopefully. will be fun. I hope. Love to have the both of you on at the same yeah, time. I think we'd have a really good time. I'll talk to her about it. Yes, sir. So you take care of yourself. Have a great. Well, summer's over for you, doggone it. But sadly, um, this is my last week. Oh, brother. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, school's good. Yeah. Get get good grades and and uh, graduate with honors and all that kind of good stuff. Yep. Or just write your your write yourself into um um a great big career. I think you're gonna have one. I, I really I do. really hope so. I, I I really hope so. I mean, it's going well at a young age. And I did research. Most authors I didn't know that started in like their 30s. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. I'm starting half that. So very few p i now I've done. In my broadcasting career, I've done over 2,000 interviews. Whoa. Um, and you and Shanti are the only teenage authors. Really? I mean, now, Shanti is nothing short of amazing because she can do, she can write 1,000 words an hour, she tells me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, it's uh, and crazy. you've got four books out. And, but I haven't, I, I just, you, you guys don't exist. There aren't very many people your age that are doing what you're I know, doing. It surprises me. There's so many people at my school that I would like think would do that. Or like, even on like my social media, on like my TikTok, I get a bunch of messages from people like me that are like, they write a book, but then a lot of the times they're too afraid to put themselves out there. Yep. Cause they're like, I'm afraid of criticism. And I'm just like, listen, Publish your first book. Your first book is never going to be your greatest. It's a stepping stone to your future achievements. Just publish it, get it out there, and improve upon it. Like that's all you got to do. Well, and that's that's the thing. You you need to go through the experience of doing it all and doing the editing and the yeah. and the illustrations and putting oh, it yeah. all together so you know how to do it. Yeah. So it's really really cool. Thank you again, Asher, yeah. for being here. Asher Warren's Thank been you. our guest. Go to warrencreations.com and uh, wait right there. I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we got.